The Nets weren't part of the lottery selection on Tuesday night, but what ended up happening and where some of these teams fell might have an effect on how Brooklyn approaches his off this offseason and might actually have some offers put in front of them. It could be too good to pass up. We're going to get into all that and more right after the theme music. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back to the Lockdown Nets podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. I am Doug Nori. You know me, the owner-operator of DailyFantasySportsRankings.com, DFSR.com for short. If you need some projections, FanDuel, DraftKings, betting, whatever you're doing over there, make sure you go to DFSR.com, NBA, MLB, NFL when it comes back around, NHL's roll through the playoffs. It's all there. No Adam Armbrecht on the podcast today. Following the NBA draft lottery selection night, which you know had everyone, if you're part of the NBA, just kind of what's happening here. If unless you're living under a rock, you knew that this uh, lottery selection was about as big as it ever gets historically with Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes eventually going and finally going to the San Antonio Spurs, who will select first in the draft um, and. You, you know, depending on how you feel, you know, maybe narrowly avoid some of these other franchises getting their hands on Wambiyama. This is a situation we'll talk at length about uh, over the course of the summer because, actually, frankly, it's a ground-shifting moment in the NBA for who was going to get uh, Wemby just because of he's a generational talent, and that's been known for a long time now, and this is why all eyes were on the draft lottery. I'll get a little bit to that maybe more at the end of this podcast feelings about sort of like the San Antonio Spurs and them spiking that pick and kind of what it means for the NBA. The Nets were not part of this lottery selection process, obviously did not have a lottery pick. They made the playoffs and decided not to tank at the end of the season uh, for better, maybe worse, depending on how we look at the landscape now, but because the Nets, you know, made a point to get into the playoffs, they were not part of the, the lottery process, even though this is a year they obviously we talked about it at length, have a pick, before the rest of their picks for what feels like eternity go out to Houston in the uh, from the previous James Harden trade. And they have other picks uh, coming back from other teams, but their own, not really many going out here uh, for the next couple of years. So the Nets weren't part of this lottery process, but I do think, and I was sort of anticipating this to happen. Um, and Adam and I had even talked about it, how this lottery and how specifically one team, how, if, if things shook out correctly or if things shook out in a certain way in this lottery, this lottery could end up having ramifications on what the Nets do because it could become something of an enticing situation uh, for Brooklyn, possibly. And that's specifically around where the Portland Trailblazers landed ultimately uh, when it comes to their pick. So we knew the Blazers had been in the tank uh, for the bottom half of the season. They shelved Damian Lillard. They shelved Anthony Simons, shelved Jeremy Grant, uh, worked their way down to a 33-49 and 49 record when it was all said and done, had the fifth-best lottery odds um, when it was uh, when, when the season 
uh, ended. Uh, but, you know, with the way that they're smoothing around these odds, there's always a chance that Portland could have spiked uh, a pretty high pick, and they did. Portland did end up getting the third overall pick in the draft. Spurs won, Hornets two, uh, Blazers three. Now, it's and then Rockets four, Pistons five, Magic six, and away you go. The reason this is interesting, and the reason this is interesting possibly for the Nets, is because the Trailblazers have signaled something, at least for now, have signaled something very clear about their organization uh, where it comes to them and when it comes to Damian Lillard. And that is that they have no intentions of really wanting to bottom out here while they still have Damian Lillard under contract. And Lillard, you know, to his part or, you know, whatever, however you want to frame this, has kind of let on that he has really no interest in drafting young guys and watching them develop. They did it with Shaden Sharp last year. Um, he doesn't seem like he's of the mind that he wants to like keep getting younger on this team while he feels like he might have a long championship run or a championship window. Even if that might be misguided or delusional, it doesn't seem like that's what Damian Lillard uh, wants to do. Not a knock on Lillard, great teammate, great player. Uh, I'm just letting you know sort of what he said. And I, and I get it. Like he's getting a little older in his career. He's been awesome. He has, you know, higher expectations around where he ends up wanting the team to land. And that means that they might not really want to entertain, you know, this kind of soft rebuilding process, even if it might be correct. So where does that leave the Nets? Well, it's interesting because in a lot of ways, the Nets have a, a guy <laughs> that would be pretty enticing to add to the Portland Trailblazers um, in terms of sort of like fitting some needs that they have some specific needs on both ends of the court and offense and defense, putting a, a very good, maybe like number two next to uh, Damon Lillard, or maybe like a two a or two B or something like that, depending on where it landed. And that's Mikhail Bridges. Now, where does this, where does this leave the situation? There could very real. I think there's a very real possibility that the Blazers are going to dangle this number three pick in front of other teams and try to wrestle away proven quality, almost or actual stars to come join Damian Lillard. Now, I'm not reporting this off of like news. I think this is if you just read the tea leaves, you can kind of see this coming. Pulling away an actual star and giving that th number three pick to somebody else. And whether, and you know, we'll talk in a second about who that's going to be or who could be at that number three pick. And McKay, I got to tell you right now, Mikhail Bridges. Would be very would seem like a guy that would be very very high on that list of players that you could add next to Dean. Great on defense, can score, can ISO score, can pick up large scoring loads to take the pressure off Lillard at times. Is a wing on a team that really needs wings. I mean, it it checks so many boxes for a team like Portland to want to probably get like kind of this exact player back in a trade for the number three pick. And I think that's going to put the Nets in a really interesting situation. Again, have they offered this? No. Is this actual news? No. Does everything else sort of make what well, is news, but like, does everything, everything else kind of line up that this could be the actual case in the scenario? I sure think so. I mean, literally everything else lines up for them wanting to add like this kind of player and not really wanting to entertain the process of just kind of getting younger around Dame, assuming they keep Dame in the lower. 
Okay. So I, this is, I, I do think we're entering a summer where the, this is going to be talked about, that this is going to be positive. I've already seen it kind of thrown out. I threw it out there on Twitter. I saw a couple other people kind of mention it that there, this is, could be a very, very real situation. In a second, I want to talk about like whether the Nets would ever really entertain something like this if it were offered, whether they should entertain it, whether like this would be the way to go for the organization uh, into the future. And what would that mean if they were even to entertain the idea of moving beyond Mikhail Bridges? We'll talk about all of that in a second. First, going to tell you about our friends over at Bird Dogs. Look, Bird Dogs sent the little re-up package here to the house with the shorts. And these things couldn't have come out of the box fast enough. And they couldn't have gone on and the family couldn't have gone crazy enough when they first went on bird dogs is the absolute best when it comes to comfort. Absolute best when it comes to fit It makes these legs look great. I'm literally wearing them right now. If you were to pan the camera down right now, you would see I'm wearing the bird dogs right now. And I look, I, for those that don't know, I live near the beach. I know for a fact I can take the bird dogs. I can put them on in the morning. I can go out for the walk and the run. Let's me. It's a walk, but sometimes we call it a run. I can go down to the beach. I knew I can go right into the water, come right out and go about the rest of my day, never having to change the shorts. These are the most comfortable, easily the most comfortable, best fit shorts I've ever worn in my life. Point stop fit, comfort, tons of versatility. They make everything look great. Look, I, you can hear me saying this. We're kind of going off board here with the read because it's just that easy. Bird Dogs makes it that easy. They are the most comfortable shorts I've ever worn. They got two pairs in the mail. These things are not coming off the entire summer. Right now, if you go to birddogs.com slash NBA, when you enter the promo code LOCKDOWNNBA, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order as well. I cannot tell you to get over there quick enough. You have to order yourself some Bird Dogs. You will not regret it. You will not be taking these things off the rest of the summer. Birddogs.com slash locked on NBA. All right. What would the Nets do? What should they do? What can they do? Would they ever entertain this as a feasible option going forward? I have to tell you, this is a situation that ends up. I I, I went into this, this uh, offseason thinking, you know, Mikhail Bridges is going to be uh, net for for a long time and i think by most likely he will end up being a net for a long time right like i think in, in when it's all said and done he's the face of you know he's ultimately the face of the kevin durant trade he is the guy that, get, that got brought in when kevin durant went out i think it's important for reasons even just beyond basketball to keep mikhail bridges around uh for a long time there's a, so many reasons to keep mikhail bridges around like I, I can list them off easily. I, I can take an entire multiple podcast to tell you exactly why they should. M most of you will know the answer already. One, he obviously took a leap when he got to Brooklyn. Two, relatively young. Three, the game expanded well beyond, I think, what most people thought they were even getting. And I think most were bullish on getting Mikhail Bridges back. Four, the contracts is still amazing. Only $25 million out in the 25-26 season. It's easily one of the best it's easily one of the best contracts in basketball that there is right now. So there's many, many, many reasons to keep Mikhail Bridges for sure. Like I, and more than there probably are, there ever would be to trade them. So I, I think, I think we can start there. The reason that this is going to get tempting though, for the nets, I think is because one, you begin 
one, you would get a package back. Like they're going to get the number. If, if they, this was be offered, you would get the number three pick and you would probably get players as well. Like you probably, you have to start matching salary. So you're starting to think about guys like Anthony Simons in there. Nice player, not Mikhail Bridges, but a guy that can, you know, can help you win some basketball games. The team would look a lot different, but you're going to get a young, talented ish guy back. You know, he'd be a, an example of a guy that was sent back. Maybe they want to, you know, maybe the Shaden Sharp gets thrown in there as well. I think Portland would be really, really incentivized to start making these moves. The reason you get tempted is you could actually start getting bowled over with an offer here for a guy like Bridges that a lot of other teams really wouldn't be able to entertain. Like a lot of other contending teams would not have the requisite packages and possibly players to send back for a Bridges type deal. So it really never made sense that you would never have to actually think about entertaining it because most contending teams don't have anything close to be able to send back that you would even think about like, and go through the contending teams. Like, you know, the Bucks, no, like they don't have it. Um, you know, it's still the playoff teams that, you know, the Celtics wouldn't do it. The heat wouldn't do it. Don't have the, the talent to send back Philly. No, you're not going down that road again. I'm just like listing down Cleveland. No, they, they unloaded everything for bridges. Excuse me for uh, Donovan Mitchell Knicks. No. So like just most of the Eastern conference that would even entertain wanting to get a guy like bridges really wouldn't make sense. You go across into the Western conference, the teams that are still there, they don't really probably have it. And, you know, D Denver and the Lakers, uh, the Warriors definitely don't have enough to send back that would make you enticed to do it. Not that they want to do it anyway. Memphis is looking like a real messy situation now with Ja. So like most of the teams that you look at that would are, are just not going to throw this out there. Like even Memphis, who might have wanted to pile on tons of picks before, um, you know, those picks wouldn't have been that good. If, you know, if we believe the four first round pick offer that came in for bridges before, you know, the picks aren't ever going to be that good. And like that Memphis is going to be good for a while. And a lot of that's the other problem with getting these picks back from a lot of these teams is that you're like, Hey, you're never going to be good. The difference with this, a situation like this right now is you're not waiting. You wouldn't be waiting to see where that lottery pick fell. You're not going to sit there on lottery night and wonder if you're going to spike, you know, something in the top five or the top two, you know, right now, the Blazers have the number three pick. You know the pick. Most time, almost never, would a team be incentivized to try to trade, want to trade out of a number three pick. You get, it's, it's, it just never makes sense. Like you're just getting too good of a player, a too cost controlled of, of a dollar. Like it, you wouldn't, why would you do it? But the Blazers are in this kind of interesting situation where it does feel like they're going to be incentivized. And when that is the kind of case and you're getting super, you're getting already a lot younger and possibly very talented in Scoot Henderson and Brandon Miller, like you have to really, really think about it, especially if you might add another young player back with it too, you know, like a Simons or whatever. I think that the Nets would actually, you know, would at least have to pick the phone up to, for something like this, even if it was unlikely to happen. And actually, in 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 the grand scheme of things, I'm not even sure that's the reason the Nets would turn it down. Again, many reasons to not go this route. Bridges is becoming the face of the franchise. All the stuff that I said before. There's lots of reasons you really want wouldn't want to entertain this offer. Um, I, I'll get into a few more of them in a second. But again, the reasons that you would think about it is you reset, 
you would reset some of the talent. You would get younger immediately. You would send a clear message that, like, you know, you're going a different direction with the team. You would almost definitely get a ma massive haul. Like, it might be even more than this pick. Like, a pick player, maybe more picks down the line. If Bridges was a guy that was going for four first-rounders before, like, there could be other picks or players attached to this thing. The problem that the Nets have, or the reason that probably, ultimately, I think they maybe get tempted with an offer here, but ultimately don't do it, is actually more about the Nets' current situation around their own draft picks more than anything else. The problem with entertaining a deal like this, even though you would get you know, maybe not generational talent and who you would get at the second or third pick, or maybe you, know, maybe you do get a lot of talent back and, like you, and you have to really have to think about it. The reason you don't, the reason the Nets would really struggle to do this is actually because they don't have their own picks. When you get younger, if you were to get younger and maybe and worse, because when you trade away Mikhail Bridges, you're probably just going to get worse as a basketball team in the short term. If you would if you were to do something like that, not having your own picks really does screw up the timeline and screw up the situation just a little too much because losing there's no incentive to losing. It's not like these other teams that we've seen go through this year, all these teams that we just saw on the lottery who, you know, were happy to take L's for the second half of the season because they knew they were going to be sweating down the Wembenyama thing now down at the end. The Nets aren't in that situation. So going and getting younger and worse in the short term, while it might have a nice talent reset on the younger side, and you're, you know, sort of an up and coming team again, or you're just, you know, resetting and getting younger and just kind of starting all over and stripping it down. The reason that, that it's not as helpful to do if you don't have your own picks, because even if you finish down at the bottom of the lottery, you're just kind of, you know, um, filling up the Houston Rockets coffers more than anything else. You don't have enough picks to actually entertain the tank. It's an unfortunate situation. Now, look, they wouldn't have gotten here all the way without some of these other moves. So like I, you can't, yeah, look, you can't go back and f 15 moves ago and, and, you know, get mad about the situation. That's just, it's, it's too long ago, but it does affect the current timeline of how the nets have to think about these situations because yeah, it would be great to number three pick in the draft. Plus like some, a bunch of other stuff for Mikhail Bridges. I think a lot of teams would entertain that all the time. I think they would be really, really incentivized to, to entertain that if they had a little more, um, control over their own situation and their own draft picks. And the Nets just don't have that. So while I think it's going to be an something might come along, that's an enticing offer. And we I've already seen Nets fans ring in that like, this is something that they would actually be really, really interested in doing, um, which I find fascinating because I know people also love bridges and I'm taking the Twitter temperature here early, but that seems to be the case. Um, ultimately, I think that there's not enough control in what the Nets actually can do after that. And that would stop the, that would probably put, you know, grind the wheels to a little bit of a halt before it was all said and done. Want to talk a little bit about Wembenyama here. Want to talk a little bit about like sort of where he landed with the Spurs. We'll get into that here in a second. All right, close it out here uh, with the San Antonio Spurs grabbing Victor Weminyama. I'm really glad that this was the way it ended up. San Antonio is a class organization. Um, they don't go into the tank often. They did it this season um, just for you know a bunch of different reasons. I think it ended up being correct. Obviously, I mean, I think it ended up being, it, it definitely ended up being correct. <laughs> like it was the probably one of the greatest moves in franchise history when it was all said and done. I was a little concerned from an NBA standpoint of Weminyama, who is like, Again, such a generational talent and such a unicorn. There was part of me that was like, please not let it be Charlotte. 
and not let it be. I mean, I know they might go into more owner, new ownership. Please don't, don't let it be Houston where it kind of seems like, I mean, Ima Doku's there. So like now it's not the Steven Silas thing. It seems like their roster is kind of weird. I don't know. Maybe there's going to be a culture reset there a little bit in terms of like the overall basketball. I wasn't going to be so pumped for that. Even like Detroit, I was kind of like, well, you know, it's like it's unclear that like they know exactly what they're building there. Although pairing them with Cade would have looked cool, but there's some injury concerns there. I think Detroit would have felt okay. Uh, Portland would have been super interesting <laughs> if anything else, because they were they would have obviously had to keep them. But then you know what does that do for Dame? And you know, maybe Wembenyama is so good that he's like win now ready anyway. So I thought that would have been interesting. Um, but they're definitely I, I would have been fine with the Magic. I think that would have been actually pretty cool. That team would have been like borderline dynasty um, going forward into the, into the future. So there was a lot of different cool situations. I think uh, there were some cool situations for Wembenyama to lamb. There was definitely places I was going to be feel feeling a little bit bummed if ultimately he did, because I just don't know from a basketball and an organizational fit, it would have been amazing, but that does that those concerns are totally washed away with the Spurs. Pop is still there. We'll see how many years he hangs on. You would definitely think that after grabbing this guy, that pop is here for the foreseeable future that had been in question a little bit uh, in terms of like what his future held uh, with the team. Uh, you would have to believe that now that that is, uh, completely answered in terms of how long he's gonna he's gonna stay there for. But if you're looking for like organizational steady handedness and just you know uh, culture and just historical just touch points for how they handle these situations, you just couldn't have asked for a better situation than the Spurs. Like that's it. Like there's really nothing. There's not a debate. It's not a hot take. It's just exactly what it is. Like the Spurs were of this group in terms of just like stability and historical stuff and just guys who definitely just know hoops. This was definitely the place for Victor Wembanyama to land. And so I think it's going to be really, I mean, if you're the Spurs fan, which I doubt, you know, many are listening on the locked on that's feed here, but uh, you're obviously completely and utterly over the moon. Uh, it's one of the biggest things that's ever happened to your franchise. They spiked Tim Duncan and David Robinson, number one picks back in the past. There's like the French connection with Tony Parker. I mean, there's so many different things that you can look at from this situation uh, that really ends up working out really, really well. So don't really usually sit and watch the lottery with like a rooting interest to it because that's just not how it goes. The Nets haven't been in the lottery for a really long time, so it hasn't really mattered when it comes to trying to take a look at these draft picks and where they're going to land. But definitely this was a appointment television watching this one. And I did feel a little bit nervous because I do know as someone that covers the NBA and watches the NBA and wants the NBA to thrive and be a great league, it was kind of important to see where this guy landed and it was going to not feel amazing if he landed in a situation that didn't look like it was going to be able to utilize the best of his skills or to like really make the most of the whole situation. And there are some organizations that unfortunately just don't leave you um, with a ton of confidence about how that they approach these situations and what they've done in the past. And that's just, I'm just basing this on history folks. It's like, not rocket science here to figure out which one of these teams seem to do it really well year in year year in and year out and which ones struggled to do it. And there were some teams definitely sitting at the top of the lottery uh, that could have, uh, this could have been, it could have looked really, really different for the future, but now the future looks pretty bright. Uh, I think when it, where that's concerned. So, Rounding back on what we were talking about before, be interested to hear what people have to say about like this, like potential of the Blazers throwing something like this out there. Again, this is me just like reading tea leaves and 
kind of hearing like a rumbling here and there about like what the Blazers could do. There's no actual, like they've not actually physically signaled that this is going to do, but it makes so much sense that they are going to be out there. Maybe not with the nets, but with other teams dangling this number three pick to see what they can get in terms of bolstering the roster around Damian Lillard for a win now team around Damian Lillard. They've said they want to do that. They want to keep Dame there. They want to keep him happy. The way to keep him happy is to get players that can hopefully win now. And he's coming off an amazing season when he was healthy. And, you know, there's reasons that they would really, really want to think about doing this. The Nets are in a position where they have a player that will complement those skills pretty well and could be have they could have some kind of appetite for wanting to get something like this done. So be really interesting to see what happens. I'm sure we'll start to hear stuff kind of coming in and out here as we get closer to the draft. The draft becomes a much more interesting Um, It's always been interesting, but I think it gets a little more interesting going into this year's draft, knowing that there's teams with differing philosophies and maybe differing um, just needs and plans near the top of it. We don't get that very often Um, while the Nets have the 21st and 22nd pick in this draft. Now we'll go through who some of those guys are going to be. We've been kind of teasing that here for a little bit, and that's still the very much the plan, obviously, because as of right now, they have all those picks, but I think things could really, really dial up and get pretty interesting here now that the Blazers got into the top three. Okay, going to get out of here. Make sure you subscribe over on YouTube. Much appreciated, everyone in the comments. I got a feeling we're gonna have a bunch of comments on this one. And I'm really, I want to jump in there and respond to as many as possible. Ask some questions. Give me your opinions. Want to hear them all? Make sure you like, excuse me, you like and subscribe to Locked On Nets YouTube as well. We get to this part of the podcast. And this is always when Adam Armbrick comes in with one of the great poets and one of the great quotes. And I always forget. And that's okay. That's Adam's job. That's what he does best. So we always end the podcast when it's solo and say Adam Armbrick, one of the all-time great poets. We'll be back again tomorrow talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball.